Yo, 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 yo! Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Isaiah Kid Podcast, the IKP. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Oh, boy. (laughs) A lot has happened. A lot has happened. A lot has transpired. A lot has turned around. But first and foremost, I'm your humble and highly favorite host, Isaiah Kitt of the Isaiah Kitt Podcast. I hope everybody out there is doing fine and well. I hope everybody enjoyed their Memorial Day weekend. I hope everybody enjoyed their Memorial Day weekend. Holiday weekends are always fun. It seems like Memorial Day weekend, that's like where, that's like, that Memorial Day weekend is like that it's like the indication of the beginning of summer, sort of, right? Like, that's that's the kind of feel I get with Memorial Day weekend. Like, some people probably had their first cookouts and, you know, first time grilling this summer. I feel like that's the indication of the beginning of the summer. So, I hope everybody had an eventful but yet uh, safe Memorial Day weekend. But we got to dive into the NBA playoffs. We got a lot to get into. We got to dive into the NBA playoffs, man. The tables have turned tremendously, tremendously. And, you know, I'm a big fan of, like, the Back to the, Back to the Future. Back to the Future, those, uh, those movies with uh, Marty McFly and the crazy doctor and all that. You know, they get the time machine, the, you know, the little car, go back in time or go into the future or whatever. Boy, oh, boy. If I could have done that on Saturday... I would have because uh, what what because when I when I <laughs> on Saturday or after Saturday or throughout the weekend just period the tables have turned so much <laughs> it, it makes Saturday epi- Saturday's episode like a wash it's like what for <laughs> the Clippers have turned their act around. The Lakers are in a world of trouble. Um, there's some, there, you know, there's there's not many surprises. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, they were the first team to advance to the first round. You know, so congratulations to the Milwaukee Bucks. They swept the Miami Heat um, in, a, in, a, in a very dominant, dominant fashion, in very dominant fashion. You know the, the the Nets. They're you know they're playing pretty well. They you know the Celtics. They they were favorites to beat the Celtics. Many people had the Nets beating the Celtics four games or in four or five games. Uh, so yeah, that that's not much for, of, of a surprise. But the Seventy Sixers, I'm gonna get to them. Uh, but the Lakers and the Clippers. Let's just start right there. Let's just start in L.A. Right, L.A. As I mentioned, the tables have turned tremendously. I'm not gonna I'm gonna stop saying it, but it has. It it, it really it truly has. And it's so crazy how in the course of a couple days or a few days, things could change. Because as I mentioned, on Saturday episode, you know, on you know when I recorded it on Friday, the Clippers were going, you know, they were they were heading, they were gonna play the Dallas Mavericks. They were down 0-2 at home, or they they lost their first two games at home. But then they went to Dallas, and right and I recorded that Saturday's episode right before Game Three, right? So they end up winning Game Three. They make the series two one, and then they end up winning Game Four. 
they tie the series up. The Lakers, on the other hand, the Lakers, when I recorded Saturday's episode, the Lakers had a 2-1 lead. They had they had beat down Phoenix in dominant fashion. Um, they look like they found a they found schematically what works for them in this series. And Chris Paul still didn't look too healthy. So I thought, hey, the Lakers, they found a way they because they were playing big. They finally decided to play big. They finally they finally decided to play Marcus more. And that led to them winning two games, two back-to-back games in, 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 you know, in good fashion, especially in game three. Game three, they, 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 they totally killed the Suns in game three. They came out in the third quarter and just killed the Suns in game three. So all of that happened right before I recorded Friday's episode or Saturday's episode that I did on Friday. <laughs> and, I my like my whole my whole opinion and just and thought process has changed tremendously. Unless okay, Lakers. Let's start with the Lakers. The Lakers are in trouble. The Lakers are in trouble. Let's let's just put it like that. The Lakers are in trouble. They are. The Lakers are in trouble. Anthony Davis. They first they lose game four at home. The Phoenix Suns had a they played tremendous on Sunday. They played some great basketball on Sunday. Um, they were able to tie the series up, going back to Phoenix. Uh, Chris Paul, he, this was like on Sunday, game four, Chris Paul looked as healthy as he has in this series. He looked pretty healthy. He, he had a big-time second half, which ultimately propelled the Phoenix Suns to winning. Uh, DeAndre Aiden has been killing in this series, Devin Booker, you know, he's doing his thing. Um, and the others are just contributing. You know, you, you know they're just put, you're just piecemealing it together. And Phoenix is doing a hell of a job. And they did a hell of a job game four. But the, the big news, I think the bigger news going into game four and continuing on throughout this series is the health of Anthony Davis. In the second quarter, Anthony Davis landed awkwardly, and then that led to a groin injury. We don't know the severity of it. The Lakers, they, you know, it seems it seems unlikely that Anthony Davis will play in Game Five. So the Lakers are, you know, they're excuse my French, they're some deep shit. So, 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 like, okay, so. That has tremendously tra- changed the series. Now, let's just be honest. Anthony Davis, it's been a tough year for Anthony Davis. Like, who's had it's been a it's been such a tough year for Anthony Davis, or tough season, I should say, for Anthony Davis. Because he's battled through these injuries. I, I mean, and this is just another chapter. This is never this is just this is just another cha- chapter. And you know what? I, I thought about it on Sunday. After Sunday's game. I thought about it. I said, this series, the Lakers and Phoenix series, the you know, it may very well just come down to what's what star is healthy? What second what second star is healthy? Is Chris Paul healthy? Is Anthony Davis healthy? Because that's literally what this series may come down to. 
which second star is healthy. <laughs> like Chris Paul, Chris Paul has a history, has a track record of uh, of getting hobbled and injuring himself um, in postseason games or in like in big time postseason moments. <laughs> uh, I.e., Houston Rockets, twenty eighteen. Uh, you, you know, Anthony Davis, as I mentioned, Anthony Davis, he's a walking, he's a, he's the game of operation. I've said this, I've made, I've made this remark many a times on this podcast, but he is literally the game of operation. And I think for an endorsement idea, the game of operation, I, I don't know if they still sell though. Like, you know, kids these days, they play, you know, they play on electronics and PS5s and Xboxes on that, all that good stuff. I don't blame them. I got one too. But still, you know, I don't know if they still sell the operation game, but instead of having like the the dude the like the dude body that they usually have in operation game, they should just put Anthony Davis. They should just put they should just put a, a prototype body of Anthony Davis and just have all of his injuries. Because that that like he's he's literally a walking game of operation. And you guys know I like Anthony Davis. I really do. I really, really do. You guys know I'm huge on Anthony Davis and the two-way impact that he has. But good Lord, he can't stay healthy. He's always finding himself on the wrong end of some of these plays. And on Sunday, it he just landed awkwardly. And then that that's what, you know, aggravated his groin. But it, it just seems like he... He just in the, at the wrong wrong place, wrong time, and I'm gonna talk more about this with Joel Embiid as well. But these bigs, when when these bigs get hurt, they get hurt, and they stay hurt. Like you know, if a big sustains injuries, they're most likely going to continue to have these revolving injuries. And with Anthony Davis, he's never had like a major like tear or anything that I can think of. A lot of his injuries have just been like knick-knack, just awkward injuries. But but this series literally may come down to which second star is healthy? What second option is healthy? What second star is going to be healthy? And from the Lakers standpoint, and I also think, for, like with Phoenix, I feel like this is a must-win game for Phoenix in Game Five. I'm gonna talk about that, but more on the Lakers with Anthony. With the absence of Anthony Davis, you know what this means, right? This means LeBron James is gonna be asked again, just like he's been asked throughout his career in certain portions of his career. He's gonna have to be perfect. LeBron James is gonna have to be perfect. Uh, this is, this is giving me 2018 Cleveland Cavalier vibes. This is giving me 2015 Cavalier vibes. They're going to, you're going to have to ask LeBron to do a lot and you're going to have to ask LeBron to be perfect. LeBron's going to have to make every play, uh, because offensively the Lakers struggle when LeBron is not on the floor offensively. So that, that's a headache. And with Kyle Kuzma, I, I just got to shine a light on it because Kyle Kuzma, when when they first when 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 the Lakers first assembled Anthony Davis and LeBron James, many thought Kyle Kuzma would be like that third option, that third reliable option. 
and I must say, it, it just hasn't panned out that way. Even last year in the bubble, despite the Lakers winning the championship, they didn't have a third. Like, they didn't really have a third, quote-unquote, option. They just had guys fill in and take up that role whenever it was called upon. Like, whoever would – who like, outside of LeBron and Anthony Davis, whoever the hottest guy was, that was the third option. Whoever had it going that night, that was the third option, outside of Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Whoever – that was the third option. And so Kyle Kuzman really hasn't solidified in, or he hasn't fulfilled that promise and that role. So that that that's that's really unfortunate for the Lakers because they could use a they can use a big scoring punch from him because he's just been absent. He ju- he's just been disappearing. Disappearing. Uh KCP, he dealt with injury. KCP is one of the one of the, the he's the like He's probably the Lakers' best perimeter defender, probably, or one of. He's definitely one of their best perimeter defenders, um, and one of their best shooters. So they did not have him in Game Four, which was also huge. But overall, this thing, this 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 whole series right here, it's going to be about which which second star remains healthy. <clears throat> um, Chris Paul, and I think Chris Paul is still a bit hobbled, but he looked a bit healthier. He looked much better in game four than he did in games one, two, and three. Uh, and, and, and with LeBron, once again, LeBron is going to have to be asked to put this team on his shoulders. He's going to have to be asked to put this team on his back. He's going to have to, he's going to, you're going to need 2015 and 2018 Cavalier LeBron. Um, and I'm not sure. And I, at this, at this juncture, at this point, I'm not sure if if LeBron's still that same guy, and that's fine. That's okay if if he isn't. Um, well, for the Lakers' sake, for the Lakers' sake, it probably isn't okay. But I'm I'm, I'm saying just in the grand scheme of things, LeBron is a you know he's aging. He's coming off of this ankle injury. He's he you know on game four he looked really bouncy looked springy he you know he had the monstrous uh dunk but the lob from uh caruso but uh, to ask lebron at this at this stage of his career to just put the whole entire offense on his back that's a lot and that that's that's just a lot to be asking um lebron and i i just don't think he's that same guy can he do it for a game maybe or maybe maybe and I'm giving him the I'm giving LeBron the maybe because it's LeBron, but boy, that is gonna be a lot to ask and for him to win the game. That's gonna be a lot for him. That's gonna be a lot to ask. Um in Phoenix, I feel like this is a must win for Phoenix. If you're Phoenix, you gotta feel good. You gotta feel good if you're Phoenix. You, I mean, you can you gotta feel good. Uh Devin Booker has been playing really well throughout this series. He's been playing really well. He's he Devin Booker. He's been playing well enough for Phoenix to win this series. DeAndre Aiden has been playing well enough for Phoenix to win this series. Now, Chris Paul, let's see if Chris Paul can repeat. Can he have a repeat performance of what he had in game four? Uh, and mainly in the second half. Uh, those other guys, Jay Crowder, uh, Makai Bridges, uh, Cameron Payne, Cam Johnson, 
Can those guys knock down perimeter shots to keep the Laker defense honest? Because if those guys can knock down perimeter shots, uh, because I feel like with Booker, he 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 Booker has it. Um, Aiden is eating. He's he's killing DeAndre the um Andre Drummond. So I, I feel like Phoenix, it's a much I feel like game five, especially if Anthony Davis doesn't win. It's a you know, everybody's talking about the Lakers are in trouble, and they are. They are in big trouble. But Phoenix, you can't let this game slip away. At home, you you know, Chris Paul looks a bit healthy. You, the Lakers are they don't have their second star. Um, they don't have their 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 big or the best big, excuse me. So you gotta take advantage of it. You just you have to take advantage of the opportunity. Um, and and you know I think Phoenix will unless LeBron just has a a, a just a, a, an astonishing performance. But Phoenix, you gotta take advantage of it. But their two young stars, Aiden and Booker, have been playing well enough for Phoenix to get it done in this series. Absolutely, they absolutely have. So from one LA team to the other, uh, the Los Angeles Clippers. As I've mentioned in my opening segment, the Clippers were able, since I recorded my Saturday episode, the Clippers have been able to win the next two games. And they're going back to L.A. with the series tied 2-2. And I, I got to admit to you guys, I and you guys, I mean, you guys heard me. If you listen to the, if you listen to the previous episode, you guys heard me. I was very bashful. Uh, I had a lot of critiques of the Clippers. And I... I was I was hard on Kawhi, and and I'm and and as I as as I stated in the previous episode when I did all of those things or said all of those things I have to say, uh, Kawhi I mentioned Kawhi has been playing good offensively, uh, defensively the Clippers they they look confused the first the first two the first two and a half games the Clippers look really confused defensively. They look, they look really confused on what the game plan was and how to execute whatever their game plan was, like the first two and a half games. But since then, I feel like their defensive intensity has picked up, um, and offensively, they're finally attacking the rim. Now, I, I like I said, Kawhi, I, I thought, hey, if the Clippers would have lost – if the Clippers would have found themselves losing one of those games at Dallas, um, which means they would have been down 3-0 uh, or 3-1, excuse me, then, yeah, what I said on Saturday's episode would still hold some some truth, right? Like the Clippers, whole, you know, Kawhi joined the Clippers. It was a failure, you know, leveraging his way out of San Antonio, uh, you know, then going to Toronto, but then ending up in L.A., also leveraging, trying to get Paul George, trading for Paul George. He he got the guy that he wanted. He made the New Balance commercial saying he was the king of L.A., and ever since then it has been going downhill, and it has. Now, the Clippers haven't officially won the series, but – the tables, like the fortune of the Clippers, have just changed tremendously. Um, and like I said, offensively, I think this is the biggest key. The biggest key 
it's not like the defense on Luka, no. The biggest key for the Clippers over the last two games that I feel like, like for me personally, I think it's the fact that they're attacking the rim and they have noticed, which I don't know why they haven't noticed, but they have noticed the, the Mavericks don't have any rim protection. Dallas does not have any rim protection. And the Clippers are they're, they're 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 creating a lot of dribble penetration. They're getting into the teeth of the defense. They're scoring at the rim, and then that has ultimately led to the Dallas Mavericks defense collapsing, clogging the lane, and then with the dribble penetration that's being created by the Clippers, that has led to more that has led to more open three-point shots. So the Clippers, they they shoot the three ball a lot and they shoot it pretty well. They shoot it they shoot they shoot the three ball relatively well, but it's a difference where you're like you're tr- you're creating dribble penetration and then that is opening up like wide open, wide open three pointers, and then just jacking three pointers. There's a difference. There's a difference. And those open, instead of jacking all of these threes and taking contested threes and taking threes that's at the end of the shot clock, the dribble penetration is forcing the Dallas Mavericks to collapse. And then that is opening up. The wings in that, and you know, you're getting corner threes. Marquise Morris is finally hitting his shots. The the other guys in the Clippers are starting to find their rhythm, and the Clippers have shot the ball really well on offense these last two games. And I'm not sure if the I'm not sure if the Mavericks have an answer. I'm really not sure. So like, the, I think the like for the Mavericks first, Luca, you know, he looked a bit hobbled. Um, so they got to get him back, like you know, relatively healthy, you know, with that neck injury. But the Mavericks literally are going to have to outscore. Like, obviously, that's the name of the game, like outscoring the other team. But they're going to literally have to outscore the the Clippers because they just can't get enough stops. And the Clippers are now exploiting the, the, the Mavericks and the defense that they play. They're now exploiting it. And as I mentioned on the previous episode, once again, uh, you guys can go back and listen to that if you haven't. I said, hey, I'm not giving up on the Clippers, but I was it was just a heads up letting you guys know, like, hey, if the Clippers lose this game, I, I'm coming after Kawhi. I have to because, because, because all of the things that I listed in the previous episode. <laughs> I you know, but they they've won the next they won the la- the next two. Um or the last two, I should say, and like the, the the Lakers are now in the world of trouble, and the Clippers, it seems like, hey, the series is tied two two. Like it's just like it's just like the beginning of the series. Game five is just like game one when the series is tied, because the series is tied. You're back at home. This is your opportunity to take a three two lead. Um, you know. The, the the Mavericks are going to need Luka Doncic to play how he played in the first two games, uh, obviously for them to win. I've been very disappointed in Kristaps Porzingis and his play, very very disappointed. Um, and I think the Mavericks they got they got some they got some big questions to answer because whether or not they win this series or lose this series, I still I, like 
they got some big questions to answer about Perzingis. Is Perzingis the second star that's going to play alongside Luka? And they're going to, and like, is that, is that one two punch going to have long term success? Because we know Luka's bona fide, Luka is a bona fide superstar. We know that. But is Christos Perzingis that second option? Is he that valid second option that can play alongside Luka and have long-term success? Because initially, I thought he was. But this Christos Perzingis that I've been seeing over, I mean, over the last, not even, like this year has been a struggle for him. Because I feel like he should have more of an inside presence. With Przingis' size, I just feel like he should take advantage more in the inside, but he just doesn't. He he just doesn't do that. So I'm very curious to see what the what, what Dallas does, you know, regardless of the outcome of this series. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., I, I, he's a free agent this year. He's had a really good year. So, I you know, he's going to be really expensive. So I'm interested to see what the Mavericks do. I also think the Mavs, they could use a second ball handler. I know they have Jalen Brunson, and Jalen Brunson, he's a nice little player. You know, he plays his role. He's a really good role player for those for, for, Matt, for the Mavs. But they need a second guy, a second wing that can create shots, you know, out of the pick and roll and break down the defense other than Luka. Because the Ags, like, and Luka's great. And he can do it because he's young, you know, vibrant. But you, you, you do have to take take off some of the onus off of Luca, and give him a break sometimes off the ball, and get a guy, get another guy at a star level or a borderline star where he can create his own shot because that's what the Mavericks are also lacking: rim protection, size, but another shot creator, another star level shot creator um but the clippers their fortunes have turned the fortunes have turned so we had another stupid fan incident in boston uh you know after the nets game boston so mind you the nets up 3-1 versus the celtics uh i think i they play tonight uh so by the way this is tuesday I'm recording this on Tuesday. You guys will hear this on Wednesday. So you guys will know the outcome of all of these games um, that I'm talking about. But at the at you know at the at the conclusion of game and before I move on to the Kyrie Irving situation and uh and you know the Boston Celtics fans or whatever, um Paul George and like I you know I talked about Kawhi and I criticized Kawhi on the previous episode because I was I was foreseeing I was for I was using foresight um you know just in case the Clippers lost but Paul George I you know I I'm bang on him too I'm rough on Paul George I am I'm rough on Paul George but I am I I am able to still like hey I tell you guys all the time Paul George. I like his offensive game. I think it's a smooth game. I like his game. He has a very smooth, unique game. Now, I do sometimes think he underperforms um, in the postseason. He underachieves in the postseason. Uh, I also do think that at times he can be a bit of a um, of an excuse maker. You know, 
he can be a he could be a guy that's full of excuses, and I've called him out on it. Um, and, and you know, it's nothing serious with Paul George. I don't, I don't, I wouldn't consider it hating on Paul George. It's more, it's just more constructive criticism, constructive criticism on what I see when when I'm watching the game, um, or when I hear you know things after the game, whatever. But Paul George, I gotta give it up. I gotta give it up where it's due. Paul George has been playing basketball. He's been playing great basketball. He's been playing great basketball. Now, defensively, like I said, the Clippers still, they haven't looked the best as a whole, as a unit. They haven't looked the best. But offensively, Paul George, has he's 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 answered the call. When when called on, he's answered the call. And I, I gotta, you got to applaud that. You you, you have to. You got to give credit. Well, you got to, well, I, once again, I don't give credit, but I give him his props. Um, you know, he's he's been he I think he's averaging 25 on some good shooting splits, 26, 25 points per game, good shooting splits, eight and a half rebounds. I think think like four or five assists. He's playing really, really good basketball. Uh, and I know PG catches a lot of flack, you know, you for the self-proclaimed Paul, play, you know, playoff P nickname and so forth. But. He's he's playing really well along with Kawhi, and that's really what the Clippers need. That's what the Clippers need in order to get to where they're trying to get to. Simple as that. You know, at the at the conclusion of Game Four um, on Sunday night, I think that was yes, Sunday night. Uh, a Boston fan threw a bottle at Kyrie Irving. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spend a lot of time on this because I talked about like the fan incidents that happened last week. I talked about that and it, like it goes back to this. But this whole Kyrie thing, it the Kyrie versus Boston thing, it, the Boston Celtics fans, it's just so it's just so much. It's so much. Um, and I and like I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but it's just so much, and it's so but it's so simple. The ball, the Celtics fans, they don't like Kyrie for the same reasons the clap the Cavalier fans back in 2010 did. You know they they didn't love the the move that LeBron made. Uh, the Nuggets, the Nuggets fans, where you know when Carmelo Anthony wanted a trade, uh, you know, over requested a trade to the Knicks. You know the same reason why the OKC fans don't you know didn't like Durant when he made his move. But it seems like with this Kyrie thing, this Kyrie and South and this this Kyrie relationship with the Celtic fans, it ain't gonna get any better. This is just what it's gonna be. Now, I don't think now you guys know, I don't like the fact that fans are building up the carriage to throw stuff at players and to run onto the floor and all that good stuff. But this whole th- like we 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 oversimplify. Like I said in the last episode, we oversimplify things. They the Celtics fans don't like Kyrie Irving because he told them, "Hey, I'm gonna come back." And then turns out the following off season, he did not come back. That's all. That's all. They don't like him because he joined because he told them ver- verbatim, "I'm not coming back." Verbally, he said, "I'm not coming." He said, "I'm coming back." I signed back. I resigned. I like to resign. He didn't resign. He signed with the Nets the following offseason, and the Celtics fans don't like him. Simple as that. 
They shouldn't be throwing bottles. Um, and as I said, as I stated already, the NBA in basketball is so much different because a fan is so like the fans are so close to the players. You can like if you're close enough, you can touch players. You can talk to players. Like there's really nothing like that in any any other sport, really. Like in soccer and football, um, baseball. Like there's really nothing like that, where like you can sit you can sit ringside, but you're ringside. You're not like near the fighter. Like you can sit, you can sit. You know, behind the box. Behind the, you know, behind the batter's cage. You can sit behind the batter's cage, but you're not really right there. You can sit on the outfield and you can see the outfit, but you're not right there. You know, these NBA fans, they're right there. They're right there. So, you know, I'm curious to see what the NBA does, you know, at at, at the conclusion of playoffs. Like, what new rules are are they going to implement? I would suppose, I would hope, or I would think, that uh that these arenas have buffered up their security after these last couple events. I, I would I would I would think they would do that, but it's just it's just messy. This Kyrie thing with the Celtics, it's messy. Uh and it's just crazy. I'll be I'll catch you guys on the other side. I'm gonna talk about the 76ers. Um Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid. Whew. Okay. Oh, okay, so the 76ers, the 76ers, the Philadelphia 76ers, they had two things that happened to them that it, it, it seems to be just a reoccurring theme. Um, and like the 76ers have been a great team throughout the regular season. They they basically held the number one seed throughout the, you know, in the Eastern Conference throughout most of the regular season. They lost to the Wizards. I think they'd be fine. They'll win the series. Um uh, you know, you want to get Joel Embiid back healthy. And speaking of Joel Embiid back healthy, he gets hurt again. Uh, similar to Anthony Davis, very, very similar to Anthony Davis. It's just that Embiid, AD is, is big but thin. AD is, th- is thin. Joel Embiid is big, and he's like, he got some girth to him. Embiid is, a, is the bigger guy. And Embiid, boy, oh boy, I, I hope like I'm not even a Sixers fan, and I hold my breath anytime Joel Embiid's uh, or anytime like he lands awkwardly or he's jumped like because he just has some bad luck and some some misfortune with how the way he lands, and then it just it, it, you know he often hurts his knee and so forth. Um, and he had and he took a hard fall on that injury. And, um, in that game four uh, on Sunday night, uh, or Monday night, excuse me, but more so, more so, obviously, Embiid has to be healthy. If the 76ers have any plans at winning the Eastern Conference or beating Brooklyn, or you know, or even getting to the finals and winning the championship, it starts with Embiid's health, it starts and it ends with Embiid's health, but also the riddle. I'm not such a big riddle guy. I was more I'm more of a crossword puzzle. I like the crossword puzzles, but riddles. We have yet to figure out this 76ers riddle. We know about trust the process. We know about that whole we know about that, right? But the riddle. 
the riddle of Ben Simmons, the dynamic of Ben Simmons, and like, do Ben Simmons and Joel and B work out? Like, can they play together? Actually, can they play together? And can the Sixers with them, with those two guys being their best players, can they win a championship? Right? When I win the Eastern Conference, let's start with that. But this riddle that the Sixers are trying to figure out with Ben Simmons. It could have been figured out. It could have been solved. They had a solution, an easy fix, actually. James Harden. Be because with the struggles with Ben Simmons, especially when Embiid is not on the floor, Ben Simmons is a good player, okay? He's talented. He's a good player. He has he, – he, I, I like his playmaking skills. I'm a fan of Ben Simmons, actually. I'm a fan of Ben Simmons. But his ceiling offensively caps – the 76ers offense and it caps their potential. It just does. They're they're like the Sixers are elite defensively. Elite. Ben Simmons, he's a really good defender. But offensively, they leave like, especially with no drill and bead, there's not a lot there offensively. It's just, there's just not a lot there. And I don't want to say He's the main reason, but a big reason why it, it, the big reason why set the Phillies offense is so stagnant and leaves a lot to be desired. It's because Ben Simmons and his lack of jump shot. And when he shot those free throws, he's been struggling from the free throw line um, throughout his entire career. But in the series before Monday night, he came into the series three for 16 from the free from the free throw line. That's just atrocious. That's just atrocious. You can't shoot that badly from the free throw line. Um, but this riddle that that these Philly fans and that the 76ers themselves continue to try to figure out, it could have been solved. It could have been solved with James Harden. <laughs> it could have been solved. Uh, and, and you see the fortunes of some of these teams that could have traded for James Harden. It, it it's I, it's beyond me. It, it it behooves me not to talk about it. But Ben Simmons, it's as simple as this. This is why I don't have Philadelphia winning the Eastern Conference. This is why I don't have Philadelphia um, beating the Brooklyn Nets because offensively they just don't give me a lot. It's and then if you add the factor of no Embiid, it's it's damp. Offensively, it is damp for the Sixers. It's damp. And I just pose one question. You know, after, you know, we can talk about Embiid's, Embiid's health and, you know, we can talk about that. And I did. I talked about it a little bit. But the one question that I walk away with after game four, when I saw Ben Simmons, when they were doing the hacker shack on Ben Simmons and he missed free throws down the stretch. The one question that I posed was this. Why, why didn't the 76ers trade for James Harden? Why didn't they? Why didn't the 76ers trade for James Harden when they had the chance to do so? Because you can ask, you can ask, like, go, like, if you're 76ers, if you're a 76ers fan, Go ask how to go ask the Miami Heat how that's working out. 
the Miami Heat not wanting to give up Tyler Hero in order to get James Harden. Ask the Miami Heat how that's working out. They just got swept in the first round. Ask the Boston Celtics how that's working out. Boston didn't want to trade for James Harden. They were too hesitant, obviously. Go, go figure. Go figure for Danny Ainge. No surprise from him. Mr. Conservative himself. Mr. I don't take risks himself. Danny Ainge. Go ask the Celtics how that's working out. How, you know, not trading for stars work out. Go ask the Celtics. Go ask the Celtics. The Celtics, I mean, they, they're on the brink of elimination. They're going to go home in the first round. And then you look at Philadelphia. Philadelphia, you once again are stuck with Ben Simmons offensively, who has a ceiling. It's a clear, defined ceiling, and it's a ceiling that's not good enough or not high enough um, for the 76ers to have tremendous playoff success. And what I mean by tremendous playoff success, I mean winning the conference, um, getting to the NBA Finals, and potentially winning a championship. And with Ben Simmons and his offensive ceiling that he has, despite all of the things that he do very well, and he does a lot of things very well, him and his offense and his lack of shooting ability, it suffers. It, 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 and, and, the, and the 76ers' offense suffers from it. <laughs> it's a direct correlation. It's as simple as that. It's a direct correlation to the 76ers' struggle, struggles with spacing and jump shooting. Well, it doesn't help if your second-best player can't shoot a lick. It doesn't help. It just does not help. And it just it, – it, it's just put – it puts a absolute ceiling on the offense of the 76ers. And I, I – oh, my gosh. I must admit, I must admit, Trey Young – in this series versus the Knicks has been phenomenal. And, like, for some reason, I and I've always liked Trey Young. Even at Oklahoma, I've always liked Trey Young. Um, Not as much as some other people. Like, Rashad Phillips has been huge on Trey Young. Rashad Phillips, shout out to Rashad Phillips. But he's been huge on Trey Young since, Oklahoma, like, since his high school days. Oklahoma, like... He's been huge on Trey Young, and he's been he's been speaking the truth about Trey Young for a while now. But my fandom has grown for Trey Young. Just in this one series, it has grown for Trey Young. I like him. I I, I I've always liked. I always I I pretty much always liked Trey Young in his game. Um, but he's a, you know he's he's one of those dynamic point guards, but can shoot the lights out. Uh, uh, uh probably even a probably even probably like his shooting is great but his playmaking ability in the basketball IQ that he has is pro is is like as good um if not better but um hit my fandom has really grown and they have a chance that that's been a the Knicks have been kind of underwhelming um you know Julius Randle hasn't played well uh, you know and and that's another thing I don't that I'm gonna touch on if the Knicks lose. Like I'm a I'm gonna talk about that. I'm gonna talk about Julius Randle in this play. But uh, Trey Young, I just had to mention it. Trey Young, before I left, before I let you guys go, I just had to mention Trey Young and his emergence. I just, I had to because Trey Young, I, my fandom has grown for real. It really has. I like I like I like the swagger. I like his mojo. I like about I like that a lot. I like it a lot. 
But I, I just and I'm a, I'm gonna close it out right here. But I just know like teams like Miami and Boston, it, I, you gotta be. I mean, even Philadelphia too, a little bit. You gotta be looking at yourself like, why in the hell did we not trade for James Harden? I, I mean, because the Brooklyn Nets, I, like I said, I think Milwaukee. I think Milwaukee put up a fighter's chance. I do. I do. Th- I, I give Milwaukee a chance to win this series. I'm not going to pick them to win this series versus Brooklyn because that's who, you know, Brooklyn, once Brooklyn beats Boston in the in the first round, the second round match would be Brooklyn-Milwaukee. So I would I would take I would take Brooklyn in like six or seven games. But boy, oh boy, you got to be looking at yourself if you're Miami, Boston. Like, what were we thinking when we did not trade for James Harden? What were we thinking? What were we thinking? Because now the, the the Brooklyn Nets they they look like a juggernaut and they're responding to all of the haters, or not even haters, but to the doubters, to the doubters, not haters, but doubters, people that doubt the Brooklyn Nets. They're responding and they're looking pretty good. They're looking pretty good. The big three looks, <laughs> the big three looks <laughs> really good. A lot of these GMs worry about what fit. Like just get the talent and then worry about how you're going to put piece it together. Then worry about how it's going to operate, but get the talent first, especially in the NBA, get the talent first and then try to operate and then try to figure out how it's going to be operated. But get, you got to get the talent first, but without further ado, I'm going to wrap this up. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, I'll be back on Saturday uh, with a guest. Uh, yep. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I should be. It should be in line for a guest back on Saturday. So I hope you guys um, enjoyed this episode. Uh, Always remember two choices, one decision. Uh, Have a productive week. I catch you guys on the other side. Uh, Peace, deuces, adios. Gone.